everyone. Welcome back to Spotlight On, the interview podcast where I get to go and speak with Mississippi artists about their lives, their history, and their practice. We find out what they're doing in their studios, and we find out all about how they think. I'm your host, Derek Covington-Smith, and I invite you to come along as we discover what it is to live and work as an artist in Mississippi today. The Spotlight On podcast is brought to you by the Little Yellow Building in Brookhaven, Mississippi. All right, on to the interview. Hey, everyone. Thanks for joining us again. This week, we have Roseanne McKinney. Now, Roseanne is like me. She's a, a self-proclaimed, semi-self-taught artist, but what a unique background that we're about to hear about, something that that not a lot of people get to experience, and I'm extremely excited to have her on the show. Thank you for joining us, Roseanne. Oh, it's my pleasure. Thank you for asking me to join. So why don't you go ahead and, and start off by just letting us know, you, you know, how you grew up and your history with art. Um, good question. My my history, it's always been a question where you're from is always a difficult question, has been since I was a kid, because I grew up in Italy to American parents. They're from the Midwest. So I grew up as an American, but in the in the heart of the Renaissance and um art from the middle ages. I kind of just like was uh, just steeped in it and uh, didn't realize that until I came to the United States to go to school, to go to college. And so I think it affected me way more than I realized, but I didn't realize it until I had left because, you know, the, the churches are just filled with art and you can just roam around downtown. Um, the city that I grew up in was Naples, which is a city that was, you know, um, pre-Greek. So just has been there for so long that it just has histories, uh, centuries of art. And so I, uh, I, I definitely took that in and was always interested in art, but I, you know, I was one of these people that thought, well, you got to make a living and art didn't seem to be exactly something that would do that. So while I pursued it for my own uh, edification for my own joy. I pursued nursing in, in school and college, but always took classes in art whenever I could. So <clears throat> that, that childhood, uh, that I just, you know, did, took for granted, I think was really a huge impact in why I needed it. Um, and, and I realized that I really missed it when it wasn't around, like, um, in Italy, you see art in, you know, everywhere you walk, you go into a church, you can go into a museum, you visit Pompeii, you see the, the wonderful art that they left in frescoes and all of the Roman art that was left. And then, but it's not just in the, in these structures, it's in every building because architecture is a big deal too. In in it certainly in the early parts of, of art, that was one of the, the artistic venues you could do. You could do sculpture, you could do uh, painting and you could do building. And so when when I came to the States, I thought, hmm, I, I need to find it. So I had to be more, more intentional about looking for art. And so I think that's probably it was a it was a, a call to uh, to pursue art in the in the United States was a little bit more of an effort for me. And and I took classes, but I always, you know, I stuck with what was practical. I'm a very practical person. And so I think I I stuck with nursing and and drew whenever I had a chance and painted and took classes privately. Um, I took classes in Italy, I took classes in Portland. In Oregon, 
And so, you know, since my 20s, I think I've been doing this, but I think intentionally, intentionally, I think I did it. I'm, I'm more intentional in the last five years. So I, think- I guess I left it where I came to the States, but I, I met my husband in Italy, but he was also a military person. So he was, he was working at the hospital there and I had been working as a nurse. I became a nurse, went back to Italy and I met my husband who uh, was working in the hospital as well. And we moved to the States and we moved to Mississippi. We got married in Mississippi and raised our young family, our young children were all born in Mississippi. And then strangely, um, after 10 years of living on the Gulf Coast, beautiful place, I was definitely involved in the arts. As much as I could, I supported the arts, but I also ran a business in Mississippi. Uh, We ran the Father Ryan House of Bed and Breakfast on the Gulf Coast of Mississippi. It was destroyed in Katrina, unfortunately. But um, then before um, in 2000, my husband and I moved to uh, the developing world, which was a completely other. Uh, We moved to Honduras to start a work there. And we, we started about 30 years ago, but 20 years ago, um, we moved there, 21, and started a hospital <clears throat> and a children's center and a school. Um, so where I thought I wasn't surrounded with enough art when I moved to the United States, <laughs> I went from the fire, uh, from the frying pan to the fire. I think I, I found out what it really looks like and feels like to be um, kind of uh, natural beauty is abundant, but I didn't. I, you know, the, the other kind of art I really seriously missed. And that's when I took it intentionally to teach art history to my children and other children in the community. And um, I did art history with going through the kind of art that was done. And so I would teach when I did the wrong, when I did the Egyptian period, we would do, you know, embalming and we would decorate sarcophagus. And when I did Roman, we taught frescoes and when Renaissance, we did egg tempera and we copied just the masters, you know, with my kids. I mean, I, I probably learned along with them uh, pretty, pretty well and taught it in the school. I taught a lot of Honduran kids. I still do. And um, they love it. They think it is such a privilege to learn, um, to learn art. So it's, they're not like looking at it like, oh, really, I got to do art. You know, it's like, whoa, we get to do art. So it's really fun. I teach mostly junior high when I'm back in Honduras. What a great age group. Mm -hmm. It is. They are just absolutely fascinated by the fact that they can really draw. Most kids don't even know that they can, you know, until you really show them how to see and how to just draw what you see. Don't think about it. Don't talk. We listen to classical music and we use the, um, uh, the, the book, um, uh, drawing from the right side of the brain. And so it's, it's really fun. They, they really take to it. Like, like their naturals. That's a wonderful resource too, for anybody that's looking at a way or looking for a way to really take uh, drawing and seeing drawing on the right side or drawing with the right side of the brain is, is phenomenal. I've used it to teach several of my classes. Really cool. That's neat. I love the fact that you, your, your, your love, your passion, your, you know, the, the drive and, and need to create art, you found a way of sustaining it through career. Mm -hmm. And I think that that's a a thing that a lot of 
kids growing up, especially, they think they have to be one thing and that's it. You know, oh, well, mm -hmm. I'm, I'm going to be an artist and but there's there's so many versions of art and then how are you going to do it would you like a career with art on the side or do you want to you know mm -hmm. do you want a full art career and have side jobs like that's i really i i like the part of your story where you're i went in i got educated in nursing and then i tried every second i could to get mm -hmm. art classes and that's another wonderful way of building your 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 artistic career mm-hmm so, yeah, it's probably a little bit less courageous in some ways because you're still sustained over here. The people that just take it on and say, I'm all in, you know, they they make a huge commitment. And I applaud that as well. That's that takes a lot of courage. And I, I mean, I, I also wish I could have done that in many ways, but I'm I'm. Uh, I'm, I, I understand it and respect it very much. And I think most of us are a little bit one foot in one world and one foot in the other, um, just because it, it is a passion. It's not something that is easy to do and make money doing, but it can be done. Certainly. Your, your upbringing and <clears throat> your time in Italy, I mean, I really feel there's a, a huge, obvious influence in your mm -hmm. painting your figure work that you do is very reminiscent of old masters and the way they lay mm -hmm. in shadows, but then your brushwork and some of the colors that you pull in make it very fresh feeling. I really, Thank really you. enjoy that part of your work. Um, when did you start to make that full fledged jump into to painting? Probably about five years ago. Um, when, you know, when you have, I, I always worked full time in nursing and, you know, did that in the hospital all the time. And then when I had a little bit of time, I would teach and, you know, I had to homeschool my kids because of how remote we are. Even though we started a school, uh, my children had to be homeschooled. And that was a lot through technology as well. We didn't do everything. We had online classes and things, but um once my kids were launched and went to college, you know, that gave me just a little bit more time and maybe even more of a <clears throat> license to just pursue what I loved, you know, because so much of what a woman does is kind of take care of other people, especially a nursing type woman, <laughs> which, you know, you follow the careers of your personality. There's just for sure. I am the personality of a nurse. Um, and nurses are very often artists as well. I think that's a good combination, but I'm, you know, empathetic and I, you know, want to do things for, um, for others. And so all of a sudden I had a little extra time and, um, so pursued what I really loved and it, it really helped me. It sustained me. It, you know, you see a lot of hurt and suffering and, um, in this, you know, in this world period, but in nursing or in medicine in a developing world, you probably see it even more. And, um, and so just being able to see beauty and, and uh, draw on the emotional things that I would see in the day and be able to interpret that through figure and, um, and gesture and expression in art that that was a it was kind of like a cathartic uh process for me so i think i did it somewhat to sustain myself in the midst of a hurting world your your figurative work that you do um when you're reading through your bio you create a lot out of of the stories of human 
just life, mm-hmm. just everyday right. Tell us a little bit about that. Well, for me, I guess, you know, I read people, I observe people, uh, people tell me a lot. Um, I think you can see a lot of life through people. And, um, you know, like you can imagine their, their hardship, their joys, their fears, their successes, you know, you can sort of put that into a figure and then adding to that expression um, in facial expression or gesture or posture. I just find the figure fascinating for interpreting these stories. So to me, that's just been my go-to possibly because figures were a big part of Renaissance art and early Roman art. I mean, it seems like that was a big part of it. So I know I've been influenced through what I loved as a kid. You know, I would just be fascinated when I went into these churches and saw the stories told because if they weren't a literate uh, community, the stories of the Bible were told in, you know, in picture in the, in the churches. And so I guess that's what I saw a lot of stories being told through figure and it just seemed like a natural venue for me because um, people are the thing that fascinate me the most. So I, you know, like to tell the story of people. I've tried, you know, landscape and I, I'm not as good at it because it just doesn't, um, you know, I guess I can't tell as much of a story by it, even though I recognize that it's really beautiful and I love having landscape art in my house. I'm just not, um, it, it doesn't speak to my soul of what I, I want to communicate. And I think art is communication. What's your process of creating like? Well, I think about it. I, um, I often write about it like I journal so that I have a plan for what I'm going to do. I like to plan out, like sometimes I I do anesthesia when I'm at the hospital. So anesthesia is kind of like, it's like flying a plane, the scary parts going takeoff and landing. And in the middle, you can be bored, which is perfectly good. You want to be bored. Um, And so sometimes in that boredom period, I will, I will plan my paintings. So I will, I will, you know, I can't be painting. I really want to be painting, but I'm thinking painting. <laughs> so, um, so I'll, I'll, I'll think about it. And it's really interesting. The more I think about it and plan it and, um, you know, decide when my values are going to contrast, what color scheme I'm going to use. Sometimes I'll, I'll plan all of these things. And then when I sit down to paint, it's a lot faster than just sort of, okay, now what am I going to do? And I just start with a figure. If I did that, it would take me a lot longer. So since my time to paint is more limited, like I get off work and then I paint from about three to seven when I'm in Honduras and my husband calls me when dinner's ready. So it's really great. Um, because he's taken on that role as I've gone into art, he's, he's been very gracious and just allows me to, um, to paint until the sun goes down and supper's ready. So I, I feel like I have to be very intentional with the time I have and I think about it and plan it. And then I will often uh, have to combine things like I have um, figures that I can use and often they're nudes and I have to figure out, you know, how I'm going to dress them if I am going to dress them and then what parts I'm going to add to that. So it's usually a compilation of some pictures I've taken, some references that I have. Um, I try to draw out my paintings ahead of time, draw out what I'm going to do, add in the animals or the birds, or, you know, whatever I'm going to add to kind of 
tell the story. And then I just, it, it comes together rather quickly if I do the preparation. It sounds like you have an incredible support network with your husband and yes. family. Um, that's, that's got to be just reassuring to wake up in the morning or to walk into your studio and know that you have that behind exactly. you. Mm-hmm. How great. Mm-hmm. Um, I would like to, what do you, what are you working on now? Like, do you have a current series you're playing with or are you just, do you walk into the studio and create one at a time? <clears throat> I'm doing a couple things right now. Um, I'm working on a show that's going to be at the, or which um, at the George Orr community center. And that's going to be um, called daughters of Eve. Obviously I like doing um, figurative. I like doing women. So it, it fit. And it's sort of a, um, telling the story of, of, you know, humans and, and, you know, the things that we struggle with, the things we, we, uh, overcome kind of some of the hardships we maybe, um, inherit through no fault of our own. It's just our birth, you know, and, um, and then making something of it. So I see a lot of that in my, um, where I live in Honduras that these kids, you know, grow up in a a place that's a little bit more difficult, but they get strong and they get, they study hard and they have huge opportunities. And so they make the most of where they are and what they have. And I think that's true anywhere. I mean, it's true to, to make the most of what you have and, and to struggle through and make the right decisions. So it's sort of a, of, um, a show based on, you know, overcoming and, being all you can be um, through the figure. So that is, I have to come up with about 20 pieces, rather large, because it's a rather large room. And uh, so I'm working on that. And I, you know, I have to hold back from a gallery what I need to have in the show. So I can't necessarily provide the amount of volume I'd like to. Right now I have to hold it in. Um, But the other thing I'm doing is I'm doing daily paintings. I decided, you know, doing bigger pieces sometimes just takes so much time and uh, it, it, it can get a little like, oh, I've got to go back and I've got to struggle through this one. So what, what I've started doing is doing little six by six daily works that allow me to just, you know, do a horse, do a flower, do do things that aren't for my show, but that are just fun that I can experiment with a low risk. You know, I can experiment on just little things. And that seems to satisfy that creative need that is sort of like more a la prima, more just... I get to do whatever and get it done in an hour. You know, that to me is a lot of fun. That is my favorite, but big pieces. You just, I just can't do that. So those are the two things I'm doing. So I'm, I'm forcing myself to do a piece a day, which is great. A little piece a day. That is great. I call, um, I, I tell my kids that the, the, the thumbnail sketch process or the, the quick drawing, anything like that that we start off with there, you know, they want to go in and do all the detailed work. And I was like, no, 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 no. Uh-huh. You've seen those cartoons where they have that push mower and they have to pull it a couple of times. I was like, mm-hmm. right now we're pulling and getting our motor going. And then as soon as it's going, we'll want, and we'll need yeah. to go and do bigger and, and more complete. Like that's, uh-huh. I love that, that painting a day um, trend that came through. It started years ago, but yeah. Um, with so, Carol. Um, mm-hmm. I'm so glad it's yeah. still going. So you're a teacher? 
Oh yeah. Well, I don't, I call myself an art coach. Um, I have uh-huh. a studio, the little yellow building, and I have classes that I take from kids to adults, but it, it is way more of a coaching thing. I, I, I real small, you know, four to six people per class so we can have one-on-one and oh, that's uh, nice. try to do what I needed. You know, I had, I had this wonderful teacher. I, I went to, um, Colin, which is a, a community college that's local for a couple of years before I, I dropped out and moved on. Um, and I had a, a private teacher in high school for a year or two, Vicki Land. And she was the one that really got everything through to me that this can be bigger and this can be a huge part of my life that can be successful. And she took the time to, to know what each one of our strengths were, not only in art, but with our personalities. And uh, I don't know if I can, if I can one sixteenth emulate what she was able to give me for somebody else, I just have to do it. Like, and so that's exactly. kind of what yeah, that's beautiful because connecting artists is a huge thing. And I, I mean, I really applaud that you're connecting the artists in Mississippi. I think that's really a needed thing. I One of the things when I'm in Honduras, I'm very isolated. You know, I don't have other artists. There's, it's just, it's, you know, when you're looking at Maslow's hierarchy of need, when you're, you know, health and, and food and those things aren't being met, you aren't exactly looking for um, art, that's a pretty elevated level of, of existence. And so, um, you don't see a lot of it. There's just not that freedom in a, in a, in a place where people are struggling. So, um, and, and artists need fellowship, you know, we need to hear the stories from each other and how other people overcame. And I started listening to podcasts, um, from there and, that was tremendous. It was early on, you know, and I didn't even know there were other people that, that felt the same way and that needed the mental strength and resilience and um, just persistence. And how do you persist and how do you push through? And I would hear stories of people that were successful um, who had to really buckle down and, and, and make themselves be tough and to, continue and persevere. And I, it taught me a lot to know that people that I considered to be at the apex of their career share that that wasn't always the way it was. And it, even daily, it wasn't. And to me, that's very encouraging. So I think it's really cool that you are able to do that. Um, and I think, you know, kind of sticking to a geographic area, uniting artists, I mean, artists are just, they need each other. And i find that artists are not competitive. They are very much, a, a you know, a, a sisterhood or a brotherhood. You know, we're, we're very connected. Um, some of my very closest friends, we're all in the same galleries, you know, and I think that's really cool. It's not a competitive thing. It's a, how can we be better and move everybody along together? And we become more excellent through that back and forth with each other. I think that goes to really highlight your your maturity as an artist in a career, um, because it is hard. And I know because I had to go through it. You know, when I was younger artist, it is it's hard not to be envious and shut yourself off from getting to know another artist because of their success. And, mm-hmm. and looking at it and seeing what they're doing and and wondering why it's not you and not wanting to communicate with them because it's not you mm-hmm. and that's what you want. 
And then all of a sudden, one day, for some random reason, you end up having a conversation with this person and you realize, holy junk, I should have been your biggest fan the entire time. And if I really think about it, I was your biggest fan. I was just really angry. I wasn't you. (laughs) You Mm -hmm. Right. And insecure or fearful or whatever, you know, you just we uh, we have a lot of self. I think I think um, artists are probably prone to self-doubt, self-criticism. It's just sort of a temperament that that is also a temperament that pursues art, you know. And so you really have to work at getting strong and and not being critical and being positive and pushing through. Like, I mean, everybody recognizes that there's a point in almost every painting that you just don't like it and you want to just quit. And that just requires resilience and mental strength. And you just keep going. And sure enough, you get there, you know. And and if you've done it enough times, you realize you can do it. You will get through. And I, I look at very confident artists and, and I look at how they push through when things aren't working. I think, oh, this looks terrible. And then by the time they're done, it's gorgeous. You know, we all have that, you know, and, and I think it requires mental toughness. And if there's anything I would suggest that we artists work on is, is that positive talking and, and mental toughness to persist in spite of it. Now, when is your show at the Orb Museum going up? I'm shooting for the, um, it will go up on the 15th and then the, um, the reception will be the 21st of January. Okay, good. Um, this we record and then uh, about a month or so gets to go by because I've got pre-recorded ones. Um, so mm-hmm. this will go out before that. So we'll get to promote that again, which is awesome. So you're going to be at the Orme. Cool. Um, anything else you're working on? Not particularly other than my daily paintings, which will be available in, a, in the local gallery here at Happy Place Gallery in Ocean Springs. Um, my goal is to do 30 in 30 days. And then you're also in Oxford Treehouse Gallery, aren't you? <clears throat> That's correct. And so I probably will bring some up there as well. I, I don't want to take up too much more of your time, but I would like to get one last bit of advice for anybody that's coming up, you know, either in Mississippi or whoever's listening, um, you know, what kind of advice would you give for artists coming behind us? Well, that's kind of a a very gracious way to put it since I don't consider myself too far along on this path, but um, thank you. I would say if you, if you love art, um, we get good at what we love because we spend time doing it. And, you know, people will say, well, you're just talented. And I think it, it, I I don't know what comes first, you know, the talent or the work. I think they go together, something you love, you work at. And when you work at something, you get good at it. And so um, if you find joy in drawing and art, I would say you are talented and you have the gift. So give yourself the time to pursue and perfect that and um, draw daily, draw or do something that is easy and transportable that you don't feel like you have to clean up and put away, you know, even if you have small kids or if you have um, a lot of activities going on or even have a full-time job, make yourself do maybe an hour of something that grows that skill. Because I find drawing to be like the foundation to most most of the things we're going to pursue in art. So if you don't have that much time to dedicate, for sure, do the drawing. The other thing that I've found is 
that I learn a lot by just reading books that are written by, by other artists. And I, um, you know, just, I've, I've gone through the classics and I want to study the classics and how uh, traditional art is done so that I can know when I change course and go in a different direction, what I am going, you know, what I am leaving. I, I, you know, I feel like it's really important to know tradition in order to break from tradition. Know the rules before you break them. We exactly. talked about that. Okay. Mm-hmm. Well, if you're looking for Roseanne, you can find her at RoseanneMcKinney.com or on Instagram at RoseanneMcKinneyArt. I'll have all that linked in the show notes. Roseanne, thank you so much for joining us. I really Thank you, Derek, for inviting me. This was really cool. So I really appreciate it. For all the listeners, we will have another interview for you next week. Until then, bye.